Would you like me to seduce you? That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, he walks in a month. Why is the rum always Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a trap! Hey guys, welcome to the Celluloid Fiends podcast. I'm your host, Mo Long. You can follow me at Mitchell C. Long on Twitter and Instagram. You can read me on the interwebs at cupofmo.com. And as always, I'm joined by... Well, I'm your wonderful co-host, Gabriel Orto. And don't forget, don't forget to give us a like on our Facebook page. So tonight, we're doing things a little bit differently. We are going to be talking about a musical genre inspired by films, more specifically horrorcore. And so according to Wikipedia, horrorcore is a subgenre of hip-hop music based on horror-themed and often darkly transgressive lyrical content and imagery. So this was was a Gabe pick. So Gabe, tell us a little bit more about the history of horrorcore and also what inspired you to pick this as a topic for this episode? Well, first I'm going to talk off I'm going to talk about how we picked this as a topic. When me and Mo first became friends a few years ago, um Mo I started talking to Mo about it and he wanted to write an article about it. And the article may also follow, but we wanted to take this opportunity to put it on our podcast first. Now, I started listening to horrorcore about 20 years ago, and horrorcore started in like the late 80s, early 90s, and the very first horrorcore rappers, in my eyes, like there's a lot of stories about how it started and the different rappers that started it, but in my eyes, there are three predominant groups of rappers that started off this genre. That is the Ghetto Boys, Esham, and Gangsta Nip. <coughs> that actually surprised me about the Ghetto Boys, because I remember when we were talking about this episode, I asked you to send me a few suggestions, and you mentioned the Ghetto Boys. And, I mean, they're best known for stuff like Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster, which right. it's like kind of gangster rap, but it's also super chill. And I, I had no idea until researching for this episode that they were uh, originated in the horrorcore genre. That's right, Mo. A lot of um, rappers that you may not expect are in this genre. A lot of them um, pulled influence from the genre for later in their careers. And, um, a lot of them are really surprising. Um, the best example I could think of, of a mainstream artist doing horrorcore music, would definitely have to be 3-6 Mafia. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the name, it totally makes sense. Like, 3-6s, triple six, six six six. Right. But... Most of their most well-known songs are like trap, and uh, like right, right and spinners. I think is probably the one that I think of off the top of my head. 
And that is many things, but it is not horrorcore. If you listen to their first two albums, you can clearly hear the horrorcore influence. And even Rizza from the Wu-Tang Clan has dabbled in this with his group, The Gravediggers. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked some of the Gravedigger stuff that you sent me. Um, but I feel like even Wu-Tang, you could kind of see, especially with uh, some some of Jizz's lyrics off of Liquid Swords, I feel like that even delves into horrorcore. So, yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily call it like a full-on horrorcore album, but it has elements of that. So I, I get that from groups like Wu-Tang and, and Jizza and RZA, but... Just considering their later material, it's it's that's so far removed from horrorcore. It's, it was difficult at first to see Three Six Mafia as a horrorcore group, but I think it was it was Stomp that you sent me, and it does. It sounds like a trap song, but then you're listening to the lyrics, and they're they're things like uh, me on the passenger side lock took a slight peek through the window something creeping up slow it was this lotus driven by this hoe and so it's kind of like almost narrating what would be like in like a horror film yeah exactly um when i first started listening to horrorcore music i was 12 years old and there's a well-known group that some of you may like some of you may not um called insane clown posse and I started listening to them, and that was when I first started to delve into this world. As I grew up, I started to learn about more and more rappers that did this genre. And it was kind of, um, it was kind of enlightening to me, because when it comes to horror music, there's a lot of rock and metal music. There's a lot we got the Rob Zombies, we got the Ghosts, we got the Misfits, Danzig, Kiss, names on end when it comes to the rock music. And I grew up in an in a inner city area, and I like rock music, don't take it the wrong way, but I've always more identified with hip-hop music, and I was always kind of bummed that there was not something horror-oriented for the more urban crowd. And when I found this, I thought it was amazing. And I think it doesn't get enough shine. It's very niche and very cult-oriented. And I, we're just trying to give it some love because maybe someone will listen to this and be like, maybe I should give this a shot because maybe the, rock, the horror rock music ain't doing it for me. So what was the first horrorcore album that you ever purchased? The first horrorcore album I ever purchased was The Great Malenko by the Insane Clown Posse. And my parents bought it for me when I was 12 years old at the local media play in Rochester, New York. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and so you've been listening to horrorcore, obviously, for a good while. Mm -hmm. Have your thoughts on that genre evolved? Of course. Um, as I grow older... Horrorcore obviously evolved, it, uh, like, is obviously evolved, and it's evolved me too because, in a way, it kind of introduced me to more hip-hop and being a more open-minded, and my taste gets more and more refined as it goes along. I wouldn't say that I'm picky, but I'm definitely 
I like to listen to top-notch horrorcore music. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go on the internet and SoundCloud, you will find 18 million horrorcore <laughs> rappers that are absolutely awful. You got you, you just got to know what you're doing. I feel like you could repeat that statement and nix the horrorcore part and oh, just say rappers, yeah, just and that ra- statement would be true. It's, it, it, yeah, exactly. But it's it can it can get even worse when it comes to the horror for rappers. Like I've I've heard things that were amazing and wonderful and thought provoking, and then I've heard straight up garbage. So interestingly, I grew up a lot on hip hop as well, but it was kind of different than what than what you grew up on, Gabe. So. The first hip-hop album that I ever owned was... It was a Heavy D album, and I got my mom to buy it for me when I was six. So I kind of grew up with listening to like a lot of Heavy D and Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul. And then I guess I discovered horrorcore, but didn't really know it was horrorcore when I was in high school and I found out about Jedi Mind Tricks. And I got like super into them and uh, people like Apathy... And it, it wasn't until recently when you brought up the discussion about horrorcore that, and I was doing some more research and uh, looking up albums and songs to listen to that I realized that Jedi Mind Tricks and Apathy were uh, horrorcore artists. Well, like, not even, like, Jedi, Jedi Mind Tricks and Apathy aren't necessarily horrorcore artists. It's just the fact that they're kind of more driven towards that area. They are hip-hop artists in the purest. Don't take it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Especially Jedi Mind Tricks and Vinny Paz and them. But you can just tell that there's a little... They're a little influenced by the horrorcore genre. So, if you had to recommend one album, or you can say a song as well, that someone who didn't know a lot about horrorcore was trying to... And but was trying to get into the genre. Uh, oh man, you're giving me one. I thought you were going to give me five. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that's favorites. Uh, you get five favorites, but one to recommend to someone who's trying to get into the horrorcore genre. Ooh, that's a tough one, right? Um, one album. Now, if you've never heard of Insane Clown Posse, I'm like. Usually I would recommend an Insane Clown Posse album, but I realize that this is not a Juggalo podcast, which are the fans of Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) So I'm going to recommend a group that maybe is a little bit more vast. I would recommend um, Grave Diggers Six Feet Deep as an album to get you started. And rumor has it, that the entire group did LSD while recording that album. <laughs> uh, I, I listened to a few songs off of that, and I really enjoyed it. That was kind of one of my favorite of the recommendations that you made. Uh, one thing I really wanted to talk about, because it struck me while I was listening to my horrorcore playlist that I made on Spotify uh, before this podcast, was kind of the difference in the ly- a lot of the lyrics and the musical backdrop. Because a lot of these have this kind of late 80s, early 90s, super chill beat. But then these like hyper-violent lyrics over top. And even the rapping style, most of the time, 
he's kind of that classic like 90 bpm uh chill flow so do do you have any thoughts on that contrast well i'm gonna say this about the style of horrorcore rap i'm gonna i'm gonna put it in the in an analogy that horror movie lovers would understand Every horrorcore group or rapper is like a different film director. Now, you may listen to an Insane Clown Posse or a Twisted Record or someone along those lines. To me, that's John Carpenter, Mm. Wes Craven. Now, you may listen to a Necro or a Cage... And that's falchy. You know what I mean? Like some like you gotta pick and choose sometimes. Like me, I I love it all. But if you but some of it can be a little more gruesome and a little bit more crazy than other ones. But a lot of it is inspired by not it, it, a lot of it came prevalent in the nineties. Like the '90s was amazing for horrorcore hip hop. You had the Grave Diggers, you had the Flatliners, you had Insane Clown Posse. Everybody just coming up, and it is not as booming as it was in the '90s. In the '90s, horrorcore artists were getting record deals. Now they're mostly an independent thing, where they all own independent labels. So you got to dig a little deeper for them. You're not going to find them on the radio, definitely. This is not for the mainstream crowd. You will not find any of this music <laughs> on the radio. No, no, horrorcore is many things, but it's not mainstream. So what do you think it was about the, the early 90s that helped horrorcore become so prevalent? In a way, it was almost... There was a lot of things coming out. Not that the 80s didn't have it, but also the popularity of gangster rap kind of let, led people to push the envelope a little more. We had, we had more violent movies. We had Natural Born Killers. We had all kinds of movies just pushing the envelope. In, in a time... Where people like to push the envelope, it was the perfect time for this art form to take place. And I feel like you had a lot in pop culture at the time in the 90s, also that was kind of very like paranoid, uh, like The X Files show, you know, I love. Uh, and it kind of had this like very dark mentality. And I, I think that's kind of mimicked in horrorcore a bit. Of course. Uh, and it's interesting that you bring up gangster rap, because that has a lot. That shares a lot of similarities with horrorcore. Of course, it's it's almost a lot of horrorcore is gangster rap, gangster rap, at the next level. It's taking the elements of gangster rap and almost combining it with ultra violence. And scary sco- storytelling, almost. Uh, it, and the, the interesting part, though, is... Because I almost think it's... Horrorcore and gangster rap are decidedly different. But 
I, especially when you look at the origins of gangster rap, a lot of it was to kind of shine light on uh, the state of a lot of urban areas or to like bring up things like police brutality. And so I almost think it's a disservice to some of that gangster rap to not also classify it as horrorcore. Because this kind of brings up a discussion I was having. I introduced someone to Get Out recently, and we were talking afterwards, and I commented that it's, in terms of its film format, it's more just a thriller. But what we were saying is it's doing the film a disservice to not call it a horror film because of the content that it's discussing. Exactly. And with the movie Get Out, like, I forgot who told me this, but they said they took their friend to go see it. And the friend they took to see said, the movie made me feel uncomfortable. And But here's the thing. When it comes to gangster rap, and when it comes to horrorcore, it's not supposed to make you feel comfortable. Right. Horrorcore music is supposed to scare, not necessarily scare you, but thrill you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Gangster rap is not supposed to make you feel comfortable. It's supposed to make you feel unsettled <laughs> with the situations of today. That's the way it's supposed to be, Mo. Yeah. I want to dig a little bit more into the influence that horror films have had on the horrorcore genre, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. Alright. I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Oh, that shit is on? <laughs> Let me drop some shit like this here. Real. At night I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candlesticks in the dark. Visions of bodies being burned. Four walls just staring at a nigga. I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger. My mother's always stressing I ain't living right But I ain't going out without a fight See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating And blood starts coming out my nose It's somebody watching the act But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back I can see him when I'm deep in the covers When I awake, I don't see the motherfucker He owns a black hat like I own A black suit and a cane like my own some might say take a chill B, but fuck that shit, there's a nigga trying to kill me I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows, every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window Investigating a joint for traps, taking my telephone for text I'm staring at the woman on the corner, it's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on ya Hey guys, we're back and we're talking about horrorcore. So, one thing I really wanted to discuss with you was the influence that horror films have had on the subgenre. Of course, if you can even look at the cover of the Cage album Movies for the Blind, you will obviously see a tribute to the movie They Live. I'm so glad you brought that up because I remember I discovered that album... Somehow, I think I just found it through Spotify. I was listening to something, and it said, like, you might like. And I immediately listened to the whole thing just because of that reference, the reference that they live, which I think might be my favorite John Carpenter film. 
Oh yes, that's I love They Live. And it's criminally underrated. Oh yeah. And very relevant to our current times. And it has the best fight scene ever in it. <laughs> yes! Oh, and Rowdy Roddy Piper, which is a fun name to say. Of course. Um, okay, so Cage, Moving Through the Blind, the cover of that. Like, I don't even, even think that necessarily it has to pull from certain movies. I just feel that the feel of an album can even feel like a certain kind of horror movie. Like, there was a movie, there was, um, there was an album that Twisted did a long time ago called Wicked, and what it stood for was Wish I Could Kill Every Day, and it had, like, a total, like, Amityville, just black and white horror movie feel to it. It can pu- just pull you in to, like, a feeling of you're watching that type of movie. And that's the way it kind of works. Now, sometimes they'll name songs after movies, or you'll see an obvious throwback to some certain movie, or they'll talk about Goblin, or Dawn of the Dead, or something like that. But it's more about... The feeling that they're putting out. This is really true. Uh, because the best albums do evoke some kind of like emotion in you and, and make you feel as though you're watching something. Uh, uh, to bring up Liquid Swords again, that's another one that to me like feels very much like I'm watching a film. And seems to have like some kind of theme that one i i have to like wait and listen to that like when it gets cold out it's like a gray day exactly because you kind of see it playing out in front of you um and twisted i don't know if it's off of uh that album but he does have that song like nosferatu nosferatu was actually a song that they originally did when um when they were in a group called house of crazies and they remade it later on for, like, uh, a compilate, like, uh, like, a sampler album. And I'm a little mad at Twisted these days, but we're not going to get into that. Um, let's just put it the way they, they kind of did their fans wrong, but I'm throwing them a little love because of what they've done for the genre. It's like, wait, I, I think we should get, we should get into that. I think you should kind of talk about your beef with Twisted. Ooh, this is a a long story, Mo. <laughs> um, it's okay. I think I have the hard drive space for us to record it. In 2011, the fans of the Insane Clown Posse, the Juggalos, were put on the National Gang Registry. Now, Twisted being on, was on ICP's record label for 15 years. It's a long damn time. A long time. So basically... Fans of this genre and fans of this record label made Twisted who they are today. Now, Insane Clown Posse did the right thing, and they put their foot down, and they started suing the FBI, and we had a march in Washington. In September, I think? Yeah, September 16th was the day of the march. We marched on Washington, and Twisted... I can understand 
their feelings about it. Like, they weren't on ICP's record label anymore when they decided to do the march, which is one thing, which is, that's their own decision. Now, when it came down to it, ICP was like, anybody that has made any kind of money off of Juggalo should be there. And I agreed with them. I thought that Twisted should have been there. But Twisted was like, we don't believe in the march, we're not doing it, we don't believe in the gang list. I'm like, whatever, that's your belief. The march happened, the march went off without a hitch, everything was great and fantastic about it, and the only thing Twisted had to do was just keep their mouths shut. <laughs> it's the only thing they had to do. They had their opinions, everybody else had their opinions, whatever. I wasn't mad at them. I wasn't, because you can't get mad at someone over their opinions. Now, I mean, then after the march, they came out publicly and said that they thought that people who attended the march were stupid. <laughs> which alienated a lot of their fans. And it kind of... It kind of... Fucked with them. Pardon my language. It fucked with them. And I'm it's okay. You, we're not a family friendly podcast. No, it's not family friendly <laughs> podcast. But I'm gonna tell you this right now. I saw Twisted a year a year ago in October. I saw him a year ago, and there was about two hundred to three hundred people at the show. And after this all happened, I saw them this past October, and there was probably 30 people tops at their show, because so many people are angry at what they said. And I will always respect their music, and I will always thank them for what they did for us, but how they're acting now, I cannot endorse. And that's basically how that goes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for elaborating on that. Uh, so, so no, no twisted. But I did like I did like Nosferatu. That was a pretty solid. Oh, song. The, their music is amazing. I can't I, I can't deny the fact that they have just some amazing albums, like uh, Most Tasteless, which was a, their first album on Psychopathic, is one of my most favorite albums of all time. It's a great album. And if you want to listen to it, go right ahead. Um, so there were there were a couple like actual song lyrics that I remember noticing had directly referenced like, horror movies that I got pretty excited about uh, when I was putting together my horror core playlist before this episode. Um, Two of them talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, The Lawnmower Man, both by Jedi Mind Tricks. Uh, and one of those was uh, Lawnmower Man, Computer-Generated Battles of the Unseen Hand. Uh, and then there's another one, there's another lyric that Vinny drops that's like, Lawnmower Man, Sharp Blade Slash Your Vitals. Uh, and I just uh, appreciated those a lot. And then... On another one, actually, uh, Vinny has a bunch of references to 
Clive Barker. This was off of The Thief in the Fallen. I don't know if you remember uh, listening to that album much. But on uh, LaMarchand's box, which is the name of the puzzle box from Hellraiser. Exactly. Uh, the chorus is tear off your skin, go slowly, tear off your skin. And the first verse starts out, the book and the blood on Jerusalem Street and the midnight meat train moving the heat. Rawhead Rex had coot in his teeth. And like that is just like reference after reference after reference to Clyde Barker. Rawhead Rex is another yeah. great cult movie. It is! <laughs> Which we might have to do an episode on that oh, one. Oh, of course. Oh, that's a, that's I think a good that one. They recently re-released that in theaters for our short run. Yeah, and I think it was like a 4K restoration or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great movie, it's a cult film, but I was just surprised when it got the, the re-release treatment because... That's one of those that it, it's like a hardcore film buffs. That like, right. It's not even just people who like cult film. It's like, hey man, we got a 4K restoration of Street Trash. <laughs> Hobo with a shotgun. Uh, yeah. well, I, which is another great movie that right. I think is underrated. All of those are great movies that are underrated. But I just thought it was super random. Uh, that, that to me would have been something that like Arrow would have put out. Of course. Of <laughs> and course. they probably did, but... I just was shocked I got the theatrical re-release treatment. So are there any songs that you can think of? Because we've, we've talked a little bit about lyrics, but are there any that you can think of that had samples from horror films? I'm trying to think. I know that Necro and Mr. Hyde have used several goblin samples. Insane Clown Posse on uh, on the Rafe Shangri-La sampled um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm, good movie. What's another one? Um, Cage um has not necessarily sampled it. Well, he did sample it. Well, um, a Clockwork Orange. Mmm. That's a good movie. Yes. Okay. There were there are a couple that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, so, Stoop, the enemy of mankind, producer for Jedi Mind Tricks, sampled Hellraiser and Seven on a couple tracks from their first album, The Psychosocial. And there was another horror movie that was referenced that was sampled on a song off the Psycho Social, which was the classic cult film Lord of Illusions. I knew you were going to bring up <laughs> Lord of Illusions. I mean, I, f- I feel like we have a hundred percent record on bringing up Lord of Illusions, so we can't and Lawnmower history. Man. Oh, and Lawnmower Man. Uh, did we bring we, up Lawnmower Man yet? Okay, we did. Good. Uh, but there was we have not brought up Twin Peaks yet. Well, I think you just did my job. Ah. You keep doing that game. <laughs> there's also there's a series of mixtapes by DJ Who Kid. I don't know if you've heard any of these, but I discovered one of them a while back and went ahead and downloaded all of them. And it's the Night of the Living Dead series. And every one of the beats is some kind of sampled beat from a horror movie. And these range from, like, more recognizable fare, like Halloween, 
to even stuff from like Deep Red and the uh, and uh, the Lost Boys. So that's a pretty good series, and I, I liked the way that it was taking just contemporary songs from like anyone from Eminem to Big Al and Biggie. And using some kind of sample. Well, even Big Al with Mace was in the group Children of the Corn. Yeah, no, he was definitely, uh, he had some horrorcore going on back in the day. And Eminem also kind of dabbled in some horrorcore with D12 Eminem is, I'm going to say something about Eminem. Go for it. Eminem is a great rapper that was watered down by the mainstream. Mm, This is true. Like, if you listen to Eminem's first couple albums... You can obviously tell there's a horrorcore influence, and you can obviously tell that it's very, very, not violent, but very raw. And now, we fast forward to 2018, he just put out that new album, and I think it has like appearances by Ed Shireen or whatever his <laughs> name is, and it's just awful. And that's like the biggest, to me, that's the biggest crime in this genre, (laughs) is when you start doing songs with Rihanna and stuff like that, because it's such an anti-mainstream thing, for you to kind of do that is like pissing on your past. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I understand, like, he's rich and famous now. That doesn't mean you have that. That does that does not mean you have to do songs with Pink, all right. There's a song with Pink off the newest album. I think there is. Okay, well that's that's interesting. <laughs> uh, haven't heard the new album clearly, and don't really have plans to. Yeah, me me neither. Okay, well, that's a uh, that's a thing. But yeah, I know I loved early Eminem stuff. Like Infinite, I thought was one of his his better albums. If you listen to Infinite and the Slim Shady LP, Mm. you will. Those are his best works, and he had good works after that too, like the Marshall Mathers, and the Eminem Show, and stuff like that. And Encore was a good one, but it's like once that happened, it just. It became he he got too big for his britches, mm-hmm. and that's that's like the biggest crime. And Three Six Mafia, as as you know, started off as a horrorcore group, and they eventually kind of went mainstream. But for a long time, even though they were mainstream, didn't necessarily look back on that past and piss on it. It wasn't till. Um, Juicy J started to become the more popular one in the group, and he started doing songs with Katy Perry or whatever her name is, that you kind (laughs) of saw that. And that's kind of when the group broke up. You want to know what happened, Mo? You you want to really know what happened? Juicy J went to go do a solo career, and since the record label owned the name 3-6 Mafia, they would not let the rest of the members get back together and reunite and do a 3-6 Mafia album. So what they did is they went independent and they renamed the group The Mafia 6. And I think in 2014 they released a new album that went back to their horrorcore roots. Really? Yes. Oh, that's that's a fascinating little turn of events there. And even 
three like DJ Paul, Crunchy Black, and Koopsta, rest his soul, because he's passed on. Now Lord Infamous and Koopsta both both passed away within the last six years. Um They went on to record, even make another horrorcore group with Insane Clown Posse called the Killjoy Club. Oh, I had no idea about any of this. Yes, their their album Reindeer Games, I think, came out in 2015. Interesting. Uh, so, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking about Horrorcore. Nosferatu is more than a vampire. Shocking my victim just like a knife while your body falls to the ground with the screams of terror and pain. You can call it your life, but I might just take it away. Nosferatu is more than a vampire. Hey guys, we're back and we're talking about horrorcore. So, Gabe, what are your top five, no particular order, favorite horrorcore albums? Hmm, I had to I had to put a lot of thought into this. One of them would have to be Flatliners USA under Satan's authority. Another one would be Esham's Closed Casket. Nishan was the... Basically, he created one of the first horrorcore albums in 1988 at the age of 13 or 14 years old. Shit. 13 or 14? Yes, he was very young. Um, Riddle Box by Insane Clown Posse is one of my favorite albums of all time. It has a couple of classics in there, and there's even a song called Old Evil Eye that is based off the story of the Telltale Heart. Mmm, that's cool. I might have to check that one out. What's another one? Definitely Grave Diggers Six Feet Deep would have to be another one. And Necros, the prefix for death. Okay. Uh, a number of those I hadn't heard the albums in full. I'd heard some songs off of them because you sent those to me. Um, so, if I made a top five favorite horrorcore albums list, a few of these I feel like are kind of loosely horrorcore, but you know we'll say they have horrorcore undertones. Cage, Movies for the Blind. Fucking love that album. Uh, Apathy, The Alien Tongue. That one definitely has some horrorcore in there, and that was a bunch of his older songs. If I recall correctly, it was a lot of like demos and B-sides that were collected into a compilation. Uh, Organized Confusion, Stress the Extinction Agenda. That one I definitely put in the put in the horrorcore, and I think this is kind of getting back to what we were talking about of some of it is kind of more grounded in reality. Exactly. As uh, Jizza Liquid Swords. I'm, I'm going to say that has some horrorcore undertones. And then the Psychosocial Chemical Biological and Electromagnetic Manipulation of Human Consciousness by Jedi Mind Tricks. That one, it, I think that was like the first Jedi Mind Tricks album I ever listened to. And I just like recently got the vinyl of it. And that one I think definitely has 
a, a strong horrorcore influence from, like I mentioned, the samples on it earlier to the lyrics. Uh, and like one, I remember one of the songs off of it that really strikes me as very horrorcore is Chinese Water Torture. Um, and it has some really good sampling in there. So what is... We've talked a lot about older horrorcore. What is some more recent horrorcore that's come out? Oof. This is a tough one, too. I would say more recent horrorcore. Maybe go check out some Big Hoodoo with an H. Okay. Hmm, what else? Puppet the Grimy. Okay. JPK, he's not necessarily a horrorcore rapper. He's more of a juggalo rapper, but I really like him. Um, hmm. Even some Yellow Wolf can, can be considered kind of horrorcore. Prozac. This is tough. Because <laughs> there's, so, there's so much good, but there's so much bad at the same time. Is there a worst horrorcore rapper that you've ever heard that you can think of? Or did you try to repress those memories? I try to repress them pretty much. Plus, I don't really like to point out names when it comes to music that I don't like because someone else may like it. And for anyone to put what they really feel on the wax, I got to give them some kind of credit, even though I think it sucks. That's a good point. It's like, I don't know, I'm not out there trying to make music. Exactly. Like, if you put yourself out there, there will be someone who appreciates what you do. Oh, King Gordy is another one. King Gordy was actually in the movie 8 Mile. Really? He was in the movie 8 Mile. He was a fat guy in the radio studio. He played rapper Big O <laughs> in 8 Mile. Was he well-known as a rapper at the time? In Detroit. Detroit okay. is like a horrorcore breeding ground. A lot of... Because Eminem came from there, and ICP came from there, and Twisted came from there. And horrorcore... And, Ish, and Ishan is from Detroit, too. Ishan was basically the start of the horrorcore movement in Detroit. He started it in the 80s, and it... it oh, Detroit is basically the home of horrorcore in my eyes. Now, there are a lot of horrorcore rappers in the different cities, but Detroit is the place that it is most prevalent to the musical history. And come to think of it, you mentioned about Eminem and ICP both being from Detroit. Wasn't there some kind of beef between Eminem and ICP? Yeah, but that's done and over with. Okay. I, I just... Couldn't remember what it was about. It or, was or what that happened. was like early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. They had some kind of beef, but that's all been squashed. Um, ICP, they didn't, they didn't like they, it, they, them and D twelve, without Eminem, um, played a bowling game together. <laughs> twisted it a track with Proof, and. King Gordy and Bazaar have done things with Twisted and ICP. Well, King Gordy wasn't part of D12, but King Gordy is also good friends with Bazaar. And that that's kind of what brought 
D12 and ICP together and Eminem, like, that's what kind of squashed it was King Gordy because King Gordy was like, we got to stop this. And he kind of brought them all together. And so we earlier talked about the first horrorcore album you bought. What was the first hip-hop album that you bought? The first hip-hop album I ever got was a cassette tape of a little hip-hop group called Criss Cross, <laughs> and the album was called Totally Crossed Out. <laughs> that is a straight-up uh, fucking classic, right? It there. is. It is. Criss Cross Make You Jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so goofy. And speaking of goofy, I don't. I guess you you technically call it horrorcore. But one thing I thought was really interesting was all of like the family friendly horrorcore that was made back in the day, like Nightmare on My, My Street. Street by Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which wasn't even in in uh, uh, Part Four, Nightmare Part Four, uh, Dream Master. I think that was Dream Master. That was Dream Master. Uh, and then I think there was another one that actually was in Nightmare Part 4. That was like, I want to say it was by Fat Boys. Family friendly horrorcore is really hard to find. A lot of it is not for small children. Even though when I started listening at 12, my mind was prepared for swear words and bad things. <laughs> I'd watched so many horror movies at that point. I'd seen so many things in my life. I was like, this isn't bad. <laughs> but, I mean, you had, like, Will Smith rapping about Freddy. And if you look at the lyrics of that song, apart from talking about Freddy Krueger, it's pretty fucking tame. It is. Like, this, this podcast tame. has more curse words in it yeah. than that album and, and song did. Well, our, this one podcast has had more swear words than all of Will Smith's albums combined. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a I think I said fuck point. once or twice. So, yeah, definitely. Did, did we drop the fuck word? Yeah, we oh, did drop the well, fuck word. Oh, well. <laughs> well, fuck it. We dropped the F dash 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 word. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was star, 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 but, yeah, same thing. Um, and, but I just thought that was really interesting, the juxtaposition between like, family-friendly artists with no parental advisory and making a horror course on them. <laughs> and, but I think, so the, that album did not have a parental advisory, but I think when it was first put out, there was... Like some sticker on their warning parents that one song referenced Freddy Krueger in it. I wouldn't really know. I was not, like, as much as Will Smith was a great rapper, he was, I recognize him more as an actor. Because I, like, he's, like, it's just what I grew up with him on Fresh Prince. Him in Independence Day, him in Bad Boys. Men in Black. Yeah, exactly. So, what you're saying is you recognized his musical abilities, even though they were not on par with his 
on-screen talents, but with regards to his catalog of music, you weren't getting jiggy with it. Right. Or living in Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So with that, that's our show for the evening. Thanks for listening. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and give us a subscribe and leave us a review on the iTunes store. All right. Yeah. And also, uh, if you want to, just uh, click the little like button on the Facebook page. Just do that for us, all right? Thanks for listening, y'all. Please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to... Please, stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.